Hello, and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading emerging markets information and advisory services firm. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and proprietary data that help power their emerging market business strategies. The focus of today's podcast is Venezuela's new market reality, adapting your strategy to Venezuela's operating challenges. My name is Richard Leggett, and I'm the CEO of Frontier Strategy Group, and I'm joined today by Antonio Martinez, FSG's practice leader for Latin America. As a reminder, FSG's Venezuela research and all of our content is available on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com or via your FSG iPad application. Antonio, welcome. Thank you, Rich. Given the situation that our clients are facing in Venezuela, I'd like to use our time today to answer as many questions as possible. So we'll go kind of rapid fire throughout if that's okay. Yeah, perfect. Let me start with a very basic question. Venezuela has clearly been in a state of economic crisis for years, and I'm curious why write this report now? Have we reached some sort of a breaking point driven by the fall in oil prices? I would say not necessarily. We've been saying since at least the middle of last year that Venezuela was heading towards a significant adjustment period. And we saw much of it last year. We saw more of it this year. The government's inability to react to the fall in oil prices that you mentioned is definitely a part of the the overall problem. But I think more important than that is that it's gone to the point where companies now really need to start thinking about not about the next three months, next six months in Venezuela, taking kind of a wait and see approach and more about what is the long-term potential of the market? Why are we in the market to begin with? And what do we need to do now? Um, And this report really focuses on these are the real challenges that Venezuela has that you probably won't find even in other, even other very challenging emerging markets and why you need to seriously think about what to do in the market, not the next six months, but the next five years. So it's a bit of soul searching, if you will. Exactly. What, what's your perspective right now? In your report, you indicate that you believe the current economic context uh, and backdrop will persist for some time. Why is that? What we can tell is that the current government uh, is kind of given the position of, let me just survive for the next three months, next six months. The government's best time to make the necessary changes uh, was probably about 18 months ago, in, at the beginning of 2014. This year, at least theoretically, there is supposed to be elections. And the next few years, uh, if you take into account the potential for uh, recall referendums and other elections that could get in the way, uh, the government has no time to really think about the next three to five years. Right now, it's all about political survival. And that has just meant that there will not be any kind of extremely unpopular fiscal and monetary adjustment or even a a thorough liberalization of the exchange rate, which is probably the number one problem for many of our clients right now. When you look at the alternatives, even under a scenario of political change, any kind of significant turnaround of the economy will be very difficult, even, say, in the most optimistic scenario where you have, say, potentially an opposition-led government. So I would just say that even under the most optimistic scenario, there will be very little change in the short term. And what change would be probably will be towards the negative for a significant period of time. Isn't this current state completely unsustainable? I mean, how, how can it persist? Well, the government has proven that they could try to continue down the current path uh, and see a significant fall, drop off in popularity, 
but the government can very clearly continue to just increase the controls over the economy, which is something we're seeing that it's increasingly doing even in the food and healthcare sectors, and just try to continue that domination while at the same time hoping for, a, for some kind of recovery in, in the price of oil. The government has the ability and has shown the ability to weather this kind of uh, economic pain and remain politically uh, cohesive, at least within Chavismo. And I would say the government is under no illusions about where the economy is going over the medium term, but they're going to keep doing what they're doing. And no one should be expecting the government to make some kind of about face completely. And they can just keep dragging the economy back down several decades. What about political change? Couldn't that open up a path towards stabilizing the economy and making Venezuela a more attractive place to do business? If we see political change, uh, what I expect is that you're going to see change that's going to essentially be another group of Chavistas in power. The problem is that regardless of who you could consider could come into power, they will be in an even worse position than Maduro is today to make the hard decisions, whether you're looking at it in a non-democratic standpoint or a democratic. An opposition government is going to find it very hard for them to remain in power, especially given the amount of infiltration of institutions that exist currently in Venezuela, while taking on very hard, very unpopular and very painful economic measures, which is basically what Venezuela needs right now. Antonio, in your report, you provide a very detailed analysis of the key financial, operational, and strategic challenges companies are facing in Venezuela today. And I'd like to spend a little time touching on each of these, and in the course of doing so, maybe talk about some suggested actions that our clients could take to mitigate these challenges. So let's start with the first big bucket, which is the major financial challenges. Well, Rich, what I would say is that the major financial challenges our clients are, are facing is obviously, first off, the inability to repatriate profits, followed by drastic devaluations that in many cases essentially turn what on paper looked like maybe $100 million worth of assets into $6 million worth of assets stuck in the market. When you couple not just that, but with unrealistic price controls and regulations that many of our companies, particularly in the consumer and healthcare sector, face. You get in a situation where you can just increase the amount of assets you have in the market, but they, the value of those can disappear relatively quickly. What we found many of our clients do is shifting their assets that are in the local currency in the Bolivar Fuerte into illiquid goods, including commercial real estate, as well as essentially just ensure that you're continuing to inform corporate that continued devaluations are just part of the issue of doing business in Venezuela, and that's something you're just going to have to deal with. Okay, how about we shift to category two, which is the operational challenges? Yes, when we look at the, the key operational challenges, it's the basic shortage of foreign exchange. That's the number one issue for many companies, even uh, whether you're talking about working as distributors or even working as one from a standpoint of local production, companies don't have enough FX to be able to continue to produce in the market to be paid for their distributors by their distributors for the goods that they have stuck in the market. The other issues are around labor. The country has some of the most highly restricted labor regulations that really just incentivize absenteeism and makes productivity uh, a particularly strong challenge in Venezuela. And then when you're talking about management ch uh, challenge is the talent flight that you see out of Venezuela. Basically, anyone that is a skilled labor or management talent is trying to get out of the country. And you've seen this exit of skilled workers just accelerate over the last year. And that's causing a lot of problems, even if your complete aim of the company is to retain a presence in Venezuela. 
What do you do about that one? Because if all, all your talented leaders are, are taking flight, how do you incentivize them to stay? What I would argue for is essentially try to create, at the very least, some medium-term opportunities for exiting the market while also returning to the market. So you can say it's just given that the ultimate, the current reality in Venezuela will persist for a few years, you need to be able to basically show to your local talent, especially talent that you think is very highly talented, that they have a future within your company. It'll be a future outside if it's necessary, but that they need you right now to be maintaining their business in Venezuela. And you mentioned some of the challenges with distributors. Should clients take a more direct local presence to market as opposed to working through distributors? Uh, there are some companies that are definitely taking this as an opportunity to, in this kind of environment, to move beyond their distributors and, or even in some cases, acquire their distributors and increase their local presence. What we found is that while some companies are still considering that, more companies are kind of taking the opposite approach, which is even to sell some of their direct business to their distributors, although that is mostly a case of trying to limit the potential fallout of further deterioration of the economy and their business in Venezuela. If we shift beyond financial and operational challenges, you also highlight a number of strategic issues that companies are facing uh, with regards to operating in Venezuela. Could you hit some of these high points for us? Obviously, the very extreme uh, economic and business cycles in Venezuela. For many of our clients, as recently as 2012, Venezuela was one of their best performing markets. Uh, in a market where they were seeing the demand for their goods increase exponentially. This is particularly true for some of our clients that even just export only into the market. But then what happened is that the economy went into reversal relatively quickly. And in many cases, especially if you were as one of those companies that were exporting into Venezuela, uh, you ended up being shut out. So that's one factor. The other factor is simply that if you're looking at the market opportunity, particularly after this crisis, once you get back to normalization of the stabilization of the economy, you're seeing Venezuela, which generally speaking is the fifth largest market in Latin America. If you look at the impact that a more normal devaluation would have, at least in the short term, it'll transform it into possibly one of the top 20 markets in Latin America. So when you're looking at that, you see the, the level of market opportunity that Venezuela offers to be significantly lower until you get back to a point where everything comes back to total normalization. Where does that leave most of our clients and other multinationals that you've encountered in the research today? What are you hearing from their clients with regards to their view on, on their commitment to the Venezuela market? What we've heard from many is that they want to be able to retain some form of presence, but at the same time, and this is true as much for those that have a significant local production facilities, local sales teams, been in the market for 40, 50 years, they need to figure out how to exit without exiting, both to avoid getting into a situation with a confrontation with the government, but also to avoid essentially the high cost of trying to come back into a market of this size. So that's why many companies are right now trying to understand what are their options. It's not a simple stay or exit. It is how do I change my business model in Venezuela so that I minimize the risk that comes with having a presence in Venezuela, while at the same time creating conditions so the company can easily come back if conditions improve. Does the answer to the long-term decision about Venezuela differ depending on which industry you might be operating in? Yes. I mean, see, when you're looking at a market 
uh, companies such as in the kind of consumer goods and healthcare sectors, it's very hard for one to just simply ignore or exit Venezuela entirely. Many of the biggest companies that we work with have manufacturing, some kind in, in Venezuela have thousands of workers in the market and are also in very politically sensitive industries. It's very hard for them to go ahead and exit without causing what has happened to a few companies already, the threat of expropriation and even being totally shut out of the market as long as this government uh, is in power. So for those industries, it's a much more difficult question. Uh, if you are not in one of those targeted strategic sectors, if Venezuela, at least at this point, is not a particularly big market, with the exception of those, obviously, those companies that work in the energy sector or sell into the energy sector, the decision is a little bit easier. For many of those companies, it's simply let's try to minimize whatever damage comes to our business from uh, whatever presence we've built up over the last decade or two decades in Venezuela. Antonio, this report that you've released is part one of a four-part series. I thought maybe you could take a moment just to give us uh, a preview of the next set of reports that will come out on, uh, over, the, over the next few months. Uh, the next report will be focused, it should be a decision framework, essentially ensuring that, kind of come up with a framework for deciding whether to commit to the market, whether to exit the market, and what key considerations every company needs to think through and decide and analyze before they make a decision to well, basically change their business practices in the market, change their business, I guess, their footprint in Venezuela. Uh, so that piece will be coming out next. After that, the next two pieces are actually focused on best practice framework to understand what to do if you decide that you will be committing to staying in Venezuela. What have other companies done that have succeeded uh, or at least limited the damage that they have in the market? And the other choice is actually a set of best practices in terms of how to exit without exiting from the market, um, which that, that will be more focused about our other companies doing to keep some level of commitment to the market, but one that is extremely limited in terms of its exposure to you, while at the same time avoiding whatever the government might want to do to your company by you, say, just announcing an exit. Great. Antonio, we'll look forward to these reports as well and, and really appreciate you sharing these insights with us today. As a reminder, you can speak with Antonio or any member of the FSG research team at any time by scheduling via your FSG client relationship director. You can also access our Latin America research and our ever-expanding leading indicator data on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. And while you're there, please take a moment to check out our newly released Frontier View dashboards, our fully customizable online management tool. This concludes our podcast. We wish you great outperformance across your emerging market portfolio.